You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, we'll share our um, locks of the day. Matty nailed his yesterday. Everybody nailed theirs except for mine. I had the under in the Flames-Blues game. Six and a half. I thought that was a layup. Should have been. Throw blowing 3-1 leads. The Flames didn't crap the bed in that game last night. I'm going to scour the numbers in the next break, and just I'm going to have the best bet for you guys. It's going to be such a good lock. Okay, it's good. Ah, locked in. I like it. Uh, I also like our next guest. Uh, he covers the Flames. Oh, such a nice segue. For the Athletic. Uh, that was smooth. Wow. That was smooth. Uh, you also hear him with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet today, Thursdays and Fridays. Our man on the Atlas Feeds and Sports Bar guest hotline, Mr. Julian McKenzie. Hello, sir. How are you? George and Maddie, it is always great to be able to talk to you on the radio. Great to hear your voices. Great to hear you on this Wednesday morning. I'm really glad I'm on the show, man. Good to hear you guys, man. Uh, it's it's great to have you. Um, Do you have a pass yet? Like to get into the building? Uh, to, the only thing they've really done for me now is like they gave me a pass on Thursday that runs until Friday and then I have to give it back. And then of now course. this week I have to do the same thing again. That's, that's basically it. I, I do have a login though, which is good. Okay. All right. So again, they trust you for two days, but anything past that, you need a new pass. I like yeah, that. it's just, it's a little, it's it baby steps, George. Baby okay. Steps. Uh, just so you know, our big show flames analyst, Mr. Brent Cron, he has a pass, a regular pass. He's also, I don't know. I, I can't even explain that. He's a geez. If they're going to have me in here a little bit more often, it'd be nice to have a pass. Okay. But you know what? I'm not going to complain. I'm okay. not going to complain. I know no, we're, we're happy to have you. Like we're, we're really happy to have you. And uh, we're excited that you're uh, doing some shows with logo. So how's I'm that been going? Like, shows with him, man. It's been real good, man. Like, uh, it, it's been fun. Like, uh, Logo and I, we did shows in the summer together, and uh, I really like the back and forth. I really like the the team I was working with, and now that we get to hang out in the afternoons, it's it's been cool. Uh, getting guests like Adnan Verk and Matt Marquez, they like they've they've been really fun. Last week we had Adnan on. He just tore into Tom Cruise and Scientology for a good two minutes, and Logo was just was crying laughing the whole time. I've never seen him laugh that hard. Um, but yeah, I'll be back uh, tomorrow and on Friday. I don't know if this is out yet, but uh, Logo is not going to be in on Friday, so I get to host the show two hours oh, by myself. Yeah. Whoa! All oh, the smoke in the air. Look at you. Um, I'm excited, man. I'm, yeah, I'm. Ex- I'm excited for you. Um, I'll definitely tune in. All right. You okay. got to give me some notes. You got to give me some notes. Why do you want notes from me? Like I'm as mediocre well, I, as they come. Mm. Well, I, I think it's cool to get feedback from your from your peers. Okay. From, from people who have been in the chair, who have experience in those moments and are able to tell you, hey, you know what? You sounded good here, mm-hmm. but you could be better in other areas. I'm at a point in my life where I'm trying to get better. So okay. I, I appreciate, appreciate any that. feedback I get. Um, try to do uh, some uh, musical instrument with your mouth. No, an- another don't, don't listen to that. An- another advice, J Mac. He's trying to sewer you. Yeah. When if you have a guest on, and you're coming up to the end of the interview, don't say oh, I got a couple more with you. Don't say last question because oh. you never know. Hey. You might have more. Hey, who told you that? George Russick told me that. You're welcome. I still do it all the time. <laughs> it's fine. 
If you come up with another question, who cares? It's fine. I'm just saying. It's the little things. That's why Patrick's a professional. <laughs> Patrick is a professional. He totally conducts is. himself so well. Have you have you Matty heard me? You'll be on your way. Yeah. Have you heard me do the didgeridoo with my mouth? Be, I don't want to be professional. I don't. I don't know if I want to hear the didgeridoo. Uh, whatever we, the heck that is. Can we is. please do it? Um, GVP for uh, Julie. <laughs> Not bad, eh? It's enough. I really like. I thought that was a real didgeridoo, man. See, did that with my mouth. What? There That's you go. Crazy. Yeah. When did you knew? When did you know you could do that? Okay. We don't. Again, it's just one probably of my Niagara College, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Big up. Um, one of my uh, many uh, stupid talents. That and I can do the mash theme with my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, let's do it. Let's just hear it. Come on. Do it. That's it. That's that's pretty much what I got. That's all I got. I don't know why my brain my brain thought he was gonna do the monster mash, and then I remembered <laughs> the mash show. Sorry, my bad. Love it, love it. Um, I was ready to I was ready to say the water monster mash, and I'm like, oh, this is not it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Sorry. Um, we're going to talk about the Flames game because, uh, I, again, I can't transition to this story because we're going to do it was the end a of the frightening interview. night. Yeah, uh, interview. Um, we'll do it at the end of the interview, the oh. breaking news this morning. So we're going to do that at the end of the interview, Julian. Oh. But let's talk about that game last night. Uh, Flames, yeah. uh, just, I, I don't know, like just <sighs> digesting that loss last night. That felt like a really important loss last night for the Calgary Flames. Like, I'm not saying it's a season changer. I just felt like it was a very, very tough pill to swallow. Is that the vibes you were getting post game last night? Absolutely. Um, I, I not. I want to go back one loss before. I, I think of that loss to Edmonton, hmm. where Blake Coleman's in the room and we're asking him questions, and he he's visibly frustrated on his face about the fact that a losing streak is starting to seep in. They go on a four-game winning streak. Things look like they're going well. And then Blake Coleman is like, every time we take, we're looking to take steps forward, we're taking steps back here, and he's just fed up of it. I know he's a guy who's fed up of it more than anybody in that room. Not that anyone else isn't fed up of it, but he has let that be known. So for them to lose against St. Louis at a time where other teams in the wildcard chase are kind of here and there. They're at a point where the Flames were on that winning streak and so many other teams around them were losing. Teams like LA that were riding pretty high have fallen in the in the wild card standings. Teams like Seattle that were on a massive winning streak, they have since kind of fallen off a little bit. Like this is the time for Calgary to pick up points, get the jump in on some of their rivals for the wild card, and at least entering the all-star break, put themselves in a position where if they're not in there, at least right there, uh, for them to be lose to be losers of three in a row, and then have an opportunity against St. Louis, who's one of those teams that's supposed to be in the wild card chase, where you're about 48 seconds away from giving up a point to these guys, and then they score, and then you're getting no points. That's a really brutal, really brutal situation for the Calgary Flames. They could still win the next two, and you know pick up you know four points, but. They really needed that win over St. Louis last night. I, I I think it was pretty important for them. We have seen uh, some changes to the roster over the last little bit. Some guys coming up, some guys going down, some guys in, some guys out. Uh, what did you think of Matt Coronado yesterday playing his second NHL game since his call-up? 
I think it was okay. He tried to show some jump. The, the big thing with him, it seems, is just trying to find separation around uh, some of the bigger players in the league. I, I know in the previous game he was in, he kind of struggled with that. And and if it's not thinking of that, you're thinking of him on, on the forecheck as well. We know he has the shot. Uh, it, 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 what's, what's kind of unfortunate for him is he hasn't really been put in that position, mostly because of how the game has been going where he can show off that shot. So that means he has to be effective in, in, in other ways to kind of keep this place. But he did show energy. He did have a bit of a buzz. I, I didn't mind him. I, I, it'd be cool if he was in a position where he'd be able to put up a little bit more in terms of production, in terms of shots on goal. But I, I didn't mind him yesterday. I thought he was okay on that line. As long as he shows energy, as long as he shows some pace, and as long as he is is trying to make things happen, he'll be okay. But yeah, it, it, it was better yesterday than the game before that he was in. One of the things that uh, we also saw was Adam Klapka down there. Now him and Schwinn played like six minutes. But overall, what mm-hmm. did you make of those two getting into the lineup? So for Klapka, I, I still like the size. I, I still think that skill set is it, he, he kind of has to he kind of has to kind of tamper it down a little bit because he's on that fourth line. But for but I think for what he's been able to do on that line, he's been okay. I, I, I liked him getting into it. I forget in which period. It might have been the second period. Might have been with Oscar Sundquist actually, where he's 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 kind of yapping at him. He's he's trying to impose himself. I, I like that from him. Cole Schwint, I thought in the first half of that game, he did some good things right. He got a shot on goal in his first shift. He kept the puck in the offensive zone in the, in the second shift and and kept it from from turning the puck over and one cool thing with him is that he knows he has to have his defensive game up in order to get opportunities. And and Ryan Huska earlier in the day had said that someone needs to step up and 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 take over that fourth line role. And I thought Schwint put together a good start towards that. You're right. He didn't get to play that much. It, it just kind of the flow of the game sort of dictated that. But as long as he continues to not make mistakes be reliable, be solid defensively, use the stick and keep and keep trying to push guys to the to the wing. He'll be okay. I, I thought Klapka and, and Schwitt provided uh provided a new perspective, a fresher perspective on that fourth line. You kind of want more energy, try to get some some production at some point. But I, I think for those two guys, uh, they're off to decent starts. They'll need more more seasoning, but I, I think I like what I've seen from them so far. Julian McKenzie covers the Flames for the Athletic. You hear him on Sportsnet today. He'll be flying solo on Friday. Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline. We talked about it before you jumped on. Does A.J. Green deserve a bit of a bone here? Like, he's been such a good soldier on that fourth line, Julian. Does he deserve maybe a a shot at being elevated in the lineup? Because all he's done here since he's been a Calgary Flame is, you know, take the limited opportunity he has on the ice and you know, had an impact. He he doesn't take too many shifts off. He he does do stuff in his limited time on the ice. I feel like, you know, with the injuries up front that, you know, maybe give AJ Greer a look here. And go where? Do you you don't break up the NBC line with Madripani, Backlund, and Coleman? Are you breaking up the, the country wait, line? Wait, with... hold, like hard stop there. Who calls it the NBC line? I do. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know, I give a damn what other people call it. All right. All right. <laughs> That's a really good point. But okay, but with all due respect to Manjapani, like if you threw AJ Greer on that line, like it's Coleman. Really? Well, there's I don't know about that. 
I don't I don't know about that. It feels like those three work pretty well together. Uh, just doing good things defensively. They've been able to contribute offensively. They look like Blake Coleman's season. I know he hasn't played uh, that well the last few games, but but th- I, there's a reason why there's a reason why that line is is what it is. Yeah, because of Coleman and Backlund, and you can throw anybody on that line. No, but yeah, I guess you. I don't. I mean, it's I, it's, they, it's been proven those three work together well. Sure. Yeah, over like three straight seasons. I think that's the point yeah. more so. Okay. Like I the one point that I thought and yesterday I thought Coronado actually played a lot better with Zeri and with Cadre. I thought they were kind of creating a little bit more. But the one yeah. place I would have thought was maybe you put him up there on the right side of that line because he plays more closer to Martin Pospisil than I think a lot of other guys sure. in the lineup. That is fair. That is fair. He does have that energy. He could he could try to replicate that and and yeah, that's, I actually don't mind that thinking with with AJ Greer. It's just I was trying to think of other spots in the lineup that could make sense. Like I think there was like one game before Christmas break where Ryan Huska put AJ Greer on the top line with Elias Lindholm, and everyone's kind of like, what? Like like why would you do that? That being said, he has been off to a good start. I think as of late, everyone on that fourth line. Uh, it was. It's been a little tricky for them to say the least. Yeah. But yeah, he did so much to 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 provide an impression, at least at the start of the season, with the energy, with the production. It was a fourth liner they picked up on waivers for free. It's like finding money in your couch, and they and at that point they were doing that essentially with it. But uh, I, I I can understand the logic in in putting him in like a like like a possible redux. But I also don't mind him just kind of staying on that fourth line, being that fixture, and just getting himself a little bit more acclimated to Schwitt and Klapka and, and, and letting him do well there. I don't know if putting him up on another line makes that much sense, but that's just me. Um, what is potentially Shillington and Pelletier going to mean to this team when they're in the lineup? Just more energy, more youth. I, I think for the fact that Shillington's story, uh, we've been able to hear from him this week and I've gone to talk to other people about it, and he seems like a, a guy who a lot of people like in that room, seems like a genuinely good person. And to see him back with the NHL team, that's already provided a lift for guys in that room. Seeing him in the lineup, I'm sure, will provide the next level for that. And and Peltier, too, uh, is a guy who I'm still surprised at how, as a rookie last year, his confidence was already on display and he already fit in that room and and, and zary has that too where it's, it seems like it's a, a little bit of a quiet confidence at least from just my observations in the room pelts is a guy who will he'll make himself known like he'll yap with people he's not afraid to talk to anybody and the guys seem to like him maybe they might find him a little annoying at times but they, they seem to really like him in there and i think if you have him back in that room and you put him on on, a, on maybe even on a fourth line or, or some other line on that team, that's going to provide that energy. That's going to provide spark. I, I think those two have the potential to, to really lift guys in that room and provide more of that pace that this team needs. I have to say this. I've never seen Shillington play an NHL game since, since I've been covering this team, but every time I watch Shillington at practice, I'm so amazed at how smooth of a skater that he is. And this team really needs as much skating as they can get. And and, and for Pelts, we've seen what he's been able to do last year in a limited role. I think they provide positives for this team. That means some changes will probably have to come to the lineup, but I think this team can't wait until those two guys get in. Sharon Govich and Huberto both hit the score sheet yesterday. Sharon Govich with the long-range shot, just beautiful. But 
I wonder, are those two going to be able to keep the production up if this team, when this team, you know, whichever way you feel it's going to go, trades Elias Lindholm? Do you think that they're still going to be able to keep the production up? Now, obviously, the question begs, who's going to get the bump to play center with that group? But Mm -hmm. is that relevant? Does that matter with the way that those two are playing together right now? I, I think that's still relevant, and that's a question I've been I've been trying to think of myself. When Elias, when or if that happens, the Flames, it's on them to figure out a guy who's going to be playing those top-line minutes. Are they going to bump Nazem Kadri? Are they going to bump up Michael Backlund? Do they get a, a young center in return who they feel might be able to hang out with Huberto and Sharon Govich right away? I think that's going to make a difference. They're, they'll need someone to win face-offs, uh, create zone entries, because Elias Lindholm has actually shown that he can really do that, and 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 create those offensive zone possessions where uh, Jonathan Huberto and Jaeger Sharon Govich can create. That's going to make a world of difference for those guys. So I, I have a lot of questions with that. I don't have an answer about whether or not those two can coexist, but they need a center who is going to be able to, to hang and be part of that distribution process for those two. Absolutely. Who's going to finish with more goals, Sharon Govich or Toffoli? That's a good question. Uh, Toffoli had a hat trick the other night. Is he, uh, which, how how many goals is Toffoli at right now? Because I know Sharon Govich is at 20. Uh, Toffoli hit 20 with the Hattie. Okay, so they're both at 20? Yep. I'm going to say Sharon Govich by like two. It seems as if both of those guys have been neck and neck for a good chunk of the season, but... We could, I think we could already call this an early win for Craig Connor. A lot of people thought, a lot of people were underwhelmed, frankly, when that trade happened. And I have to admit, there were some parts of me wondering if this was the right move. But they got younger with a good winger who can do power play, could play penalty kill, scored shorthanded before, could skate, has a good shot. And that third round pick they got, which was theirs, then flipped to New Jersey, and then I think there was like a whole. Anyway, we don't need to get in the backstory of that third-round pick. It's Adar Suniev now, who's doing pretty well at UMass Amherst. I think you can call it an early W for, for Craig Conroy. And I think the fact that they got younger, they have a prospect in their system who, with time, will, will get even better than he is now and maybe could be part of the efforts in the future to be a contending team. That's a good win. That's a that's a good success trade for, for, for Craig Conroy and the vision that he's trying to put in. The fact that Yedra Sharangovich has found his role. Remember, there was that first part of the year where he wasn't putting up a lot of points, but he was also up and down the lineup. And I remember early in the in the year when we were trying to meet him and we we're trying to figure out why things didn't go well in New Jersey, he, he straight up said, like, he wasn't playing top six minutes, so that didn't help. And he was getting cut from the lineup. So the fact that he is settled as that right-wing fixture on that first line, of course he's going to feel comfortable. Of course he's going to feel himself. And I think that plays just as much of a part as as getting as getting passes from from Jonathan Huberto, who hey, you got to give him credit too. He seems yep. like he's regained his confidence. Uh, Julian, a couple big stories this morning uh, from the NHL. Let's yeah. get to the latest one first. Apparently, um, the city of Utah and the owners of the Jazz, uh, Salt Lake City, they want to uh, get an expansion team to Salt Lake City. So, thirty three teams in the league. More watered-down product. Uh, again, I'm not a big fan of expansion. I know why the league wants to do it. They want to cash in. Probably cost well over a billion dollars now to buy an NHL team, which they spread a- around the league, and everybody gets 
you know, big fat checks and I get all of that. But your thoughts on another team potentially getting into the league and who the hell is going to stop pucks for these teams? I can understand why you'd you'd feel that way. It, it means uh, more people get into the league and the quality. Fine, you're not getting your top tier quality players, and and I'm sure the expansion process for them, if it gets to that point, will look a little different from what the Vegas Golden Knights got, right? But hey, the Seattle Kraken ended up being that 32nd team, and they found a way to make it work for themselves. I feel like maybe Utah can at least find some way, some measure of process that could work for them too. I like it. I think it's cool. I think it's been really interesting to see Ryan Smith, uh, who's been leading the charge with Utah, uh, just do everything he can to present his his team as a viable option. I still think of that as like a random thing to think about, but there was an NBA game a couple weeks ago ahead of the Winter Classic where some of the players were wearing jerseys for the game. Everyone's wondering, like, why are the Utah Jazz players doing this? Like, why are they promoting the winter class? They have nothing to do with Seattle and Vegas. You can tell that was a point. That was a long point for the for the long haul for this for this state, right? Like, they want hockey there, and if the fans want it too, and they're showing up to games, and the atmosphere is cool, and they take their time, and they eventually build a winner. I don't know if we're going to be talking about watered down product. We're going to be talking about Utah as a success story, but that remains to be seen. I mean, there's going to have to be some things before that happens, but I would like to see it happen. I, I, I don't want, I don't want to get to a point where you have like 400 teams, but I, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with, with a 33rd team inserting itself. I think for the sake of roundness, you might have to add a 34th, maybe Atlanta. Oh Houston. yeah. That's going to happen. But uh, yeah, I think so too, but yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with it, especially if the interest is there and fans show up and the atmosphere and, and, and the experience is really cool. I think that makes all the difference. And we get to spend like a whole year talking about the expansion draft. It'll be sweet, George. It'll be great. Oh, yeah. Dude, you, you get to put together some expansion uh, mock oh, drafts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, look out, Cap Friendly. Here I come. That's an, th- that's an electric factory. Oh, yes. Although that is good summer content. That's I'm going to be honest that's, with that's you. That's what I'm saying. It's good summer content. Like next week, it's if we had us. an expansion draft at the end of the summer when the flames are off and there's like three teams playing NHL games, you know how great that would be next week? we just do an expansion yes. draft for a whole week. Mm. It'd be great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You get every guest you get on. It's just like, all right, who's getting yeah, picked from yeah. this team? Why is it that guy? That's a content factor. Stop all 31 teams around the league over the course of a week. Who are you losing? Who are you t- it's going to be great, George. Utah. Awesome. George isn't thinking of the long, long right. haul with the long con with this. Like, yeah. he's just thinking short term. It's just like grumble, grumble, 33 teams. <laughs> yeah. That's, and there's again, there's no there's no goaltending to begin with, and now we're gonna have two more teams with less goaltending. But it's fine. Hey, everything's you fine. You need a goalie, not the goaltender, to get you through, man. You never know where that guy yeah. could end up, man. Mm. Um. All right. Uh, we went from that story to the uh, biggest story in the hockey world. Uh, super serious. Uh, the Globe and Mail request had reporting that five members of the 2018 World Junior Hockey Team have been told to surrender London, Ontario police to face charges of sexual assault, according to two sources. Uh, the pending charges are connected to an alleged group sexual assault of a woman in a hotel room. The incident occurred following a Hockey Canada fundraising gala in June of 2018, where the players were honored for their win at the World Junior Hockey Championships. It is a dangerous game to Julian uh, to play, Julian, when you assume mm-hmm. or try to name or think of who these particular players are. But I'm 
again, this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this story. And I'm not sure what the ramifications will be for some of these players moving forward. Do they potentially face jail time? I don't know. Do teams walk away from these players? If they're star players, do they walk away from them? Do they let them do whatever, serve whatever time they need to serve and welcome them back to their teams? I feel like this is such a very complex and complicated story that it is dangerous to name names and make assumptions because we've been burned by these types of things before. Yeah, this could serve as a lesson for for a lot of younger people who want to be in our jobs. Just I, I think for a story like this, you're better off just waiting until the facts come out and you deal with them as they may. This is not a story you speculate over. This is not a story where you, if you see something happen, you try to connect two dots and think, huh, does this have any relation? Like, I, I'm really cool with just waiting it out and, and seeing how this process is, it goes through. But yeah, to see the news today from from Globe and Mail and, and, and Rick Westhead, I presume uh, at the athletic Katie Strang will find her way on this as well. Uh, We've been the hockey world has been waiting on this for quite some time. This is a story that what first broke out what in 2021, and the ramifications from that, where you had all these sponsors pull out, government officials, government MPs demanding uh, inquiries on on Hockey Canada and the Federation as a whole having to basically shift mentality and and board of directors leaving and all that. Like this is a massive, massive deal in this country. And the only thing we've really been missing is who was involved and for how many months we've heard people, whether in the hockey world or not in the hockey world, try to figure out who was in the room, who was not in the room. These photos were there, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just been such a surreal thing to to see and to hear about. And we're one step closer to to figuring this all out. And, and look, I, I, I don't know the names. And again, I'm not here to speculate on who, but this is a story that so many people, We I thought we were going to hear about this at the beginning of the season. I thought this was going to be a news dump on a Friday in the middle of August. I was mentally preparing myself for it. So the fact that we're in the, we're in 2024 now in January and we wake up and this is it, like, <laughs> let's get ready for this because I think this is going to be a story, especially if those names are revealed. This is going to be a story that's going to cloud the NHL and and the sport of hockey for quite some time. Yeah, it's uh, some serious stuff. And again, it is a dangerous game uh, to speculate on uh, who is on the list. Oh, and by the way, Peter Morazic uh, re-upping with the Blackhawks two years at $4.25 million for Peter Morazic. The NHL news what just keeps morning. flooding in. Goodness. Like I, I woke, I woke up, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. Like I woke up with a couple of minutes to spare before I had to be on with you guys. And I have my phone like to my side as this is going on. And like in one group chat, they're talking about the, the hockey Canada story. Then immediately after the, the, the Utah story comes up, I'm sure they'll get to the Peter Morazic stuff too, but never a dull moment in the NHL. It seems like. No, never a dull moment. The Peter Morazic story is clearly the biggest one. You don't have a Blackhawks group chat. Especially currently, oh, man, I gotta say, uh, maybe with Mark Lazarus and, and Scott Powers at the Athletic, I should, but I, I, I don't. I'll, I'll try to figure something out in time for the weekend. Great stuff, Julian. Um, covers of Flames for the Athletic. Uh, he'll be hosting Sportsnet today solo on Friday, <sighs> right here on Sportsnet nine sixty. 
very excited for That'll you. That'll be fun. Yeah. Thank you, man. And uh, I'll try to make it as fun as I can uh, over the course of the two-hour show. Uh, I'm excited for it. Let's uh, let, let's. Let, I'll try not to break anything in the studio while I'm there. I'll okay. try. Mm. All right. Thanks, pal. Do it again soon. Thanks, guys. Serious on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Um, straight ahead, our locks of the day. We haven't done that. Um, you know what else we'll touch on really quickly too that we haven't discussed all day. Well, Frank Cervalli had a clip yesterday when he talked with Pat Steinberg. We can play at eight thirty regarding the Carter Hart and Dylan Dubé situation. So. Okay, yeah, let's do that. And uh, also, um, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Name three guys to the yeah. Hall of Fame. Third ever uh, catcher to go first ballot. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll touch on that as well. The uh, I think, what is it? Twenty twenty five class now that just got announced. Like the Be guys sure, that are eligible man. for Woo-hoo. it. You look at it. I'm like, oh, these guys like these guys played when I got into baseball. We're yeah. getting to that point. Yeah, each row you up. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird, eh? You know yeah. what else is weird when you it was watch like Curtis Granderson watch, was on there. I was like, oh, I I remember that guy. Yeah, he played or, forever. Or New York Mets. You're Hell watching yeah. the it's sons of guys I used to <laughs> yeah, watch. Yeah, you're watching the sons in the NHL of guys I used to watch when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird too. Jake Sanderson. Yeah. yeah, that's well. There's so many <laughs> Sanderson, <laughs> Jeff weird. Sanderson. Uh, yeah, so weird. Kachuk from the Paw. Yeah, Lemieux. Jeff Sanderson from the Paw. Love the Paw. Yeah. Prince Albert. No, it's Manitoba. The Paw. It's called the Paw. Mm. Very northern Manitoba. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, lots to do before we say goodbye for the day. Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. We'll wrap up today's edition with our locks of the day. And tomorrow, we'll tee up the Blue Jackets in town. Johnny Goudreau playing his second game as a member of the Blue Jackets here in Calgary against the Flames. Yeah, I think we're going to hear a lot of um, Boo Earns. Boo Earns down at the Dome. But I'm, I'm going to talk about that tomorrow. I want to save that for tomorrow. That's okay. a tomorrow conversation. Oh, wow. Tomorrow conversation. Tomorrow conversation. Okay. Incredible. Um, obviously, uh, the biggest story in the hockey world um, breaking this morning is... Um, the 2018 investigation is coming to a head where apparently um, five players uh, will have to surrender to London, Ontario police in uh, alleged sexual assault that took place in uh, 2018. Um, This is a perfect example of let's not name names until we get all the facts. And I thought Julian brought up a great point. Let's wait till all the facts of the case and the actual players are named instead of speculating because there's something with the Corey Perry situation that yep. it went wild on social media that the reason why he was like, Oh, the team is something to do with Connor Bedard's mom. And that just wasn't the case. Nope. Nope. And again, that story and that thing is burned into the memory. Of a lot of people who didn't bother checking up on the facts, didn't bother, you know, um, seeing what what the actual story was or what the truth or what the facts were. And now that's just a stain on both Connor Bedard and Corey Perry for the rest of their careers Mm -hmm. on something that allegedly never happened. So again, let's not rush to judgment. Let's not name any names. But again, this feels like this is just the tip of the iceberg of a a very, very big, big uh, story. Um, Frank Cervalli, our pal, um, was on with Patty Steinberg yesterday. Yep. He's still in town, actually. Is he really? Yes. He spent uh, this weekend in Jasper. 
Yeah. And he was down on the hot stove last night. Oh, no way. Yeah. He's still here? He's still here. <laughs> wow. Oh, we looked, we went over them on Thursday. <laughs> I, looked, I looked for him yesterday. I didn't see him. Oh, okay. Maybe he left just after the game. Maybe. Um, we got a clip. Um, you want to tee up the clip from yesterday? Yeah, it's just uh, like uh, Pat Steinberg kind of just says like, hey, Dylan Dubé goes for, uh, his, announces his uh, leave on Sunday, and then he goes into the Carter Hart thing yesterday, and here's uh, here's what Frank had to say on, on the whole issue. Since Carter Hart took his own leave of absence, and they said for personal reasons, they didn't, the Flyers didn't designate mental health, but because Carter Hart and Dylan Dubé both played on the same 2018 World Junior team for Team Canada, a lot of people on social media ran to jump to the conclusion that, oh, these two things, these two players taking leaves of absence within mere days of each other, they must be connected. And I'm still reporting out the scenario and process, but best as I can tell, um, a source you know, really close to the situation says that it's not related at all to the ongoing investigation into the team. So it sounds like it's exactly what it is, at least for now, with regards to Dylan Dubé taking a break to to get some things in order for him personally. Again, let's not speculate. Uh, those things potentially could not be related whatsoever. So again, until we know the actual names of the five players that need to surrender themselves to London police, and we don't know the set time period, could be weeks, could be months, could be days. Of, we don't the, know. A lot of the reporters tied to this are making it sound like we'll probably find out within the week. Okay. And uh, that couldn't be worse. Yeah, I don't think they couldn't have this stretch out to the end of the season. They well, need to no. stamp this also, out quick. Also, that couldn't be worse for the NHL with the All-Star game right around the corner. Yep. And that's what the league did Not, today, not like that there's any good time for this at all. And obviously, uh, we, we need to think of the victim in all of this. And that gets lost when we have these conversations that the, the person who had to endure this this situation, uh, obviously, uh, your thoughts are with that person, the victim, in, in this alleged incident. But uh, just right around the All-Star game, and that, that'll dominate the conversation in Toronto on the weekend, especially if we know who the players are. Yeah, and, you know, Elliot Friedman has just published a report on this as well up on sportsnet.ca. It doesn't have a whole lot more into it, but he'll be updating this as, you know, more, more starts to come to light as well. But yeah, I'm sure he'll be kicking off Merrick today as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, what day is it? It's Wednesday. So yeah. typically he wouldn't. Okay. Wednesdays are typically his day off of Merrick's show, but okay. um, yeah, you never, you never really know. So again, it's a uh, very, very uh, serious story that I'm sure we'll have a lot of, uh, a lot of waves will be uh, around the league once we find out the actual players on this list. Um, the Baseball Hall of Fame announced uh, their inductees yesterday. Kind of uh, flew under the radar. We were wrapped up in the hockey world. The Flames played the Blues last night. But uh, seemingly, they got it right. Well, obviously, Bonds and Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, uh, I hate A-Rod. that. Yeah, all those guys should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Sosa. Sorry. Palmero. Like, yeah. Uh, Raphael never did it. The one thing I do, I can't stand about the Baseball Hall of Fame is that the writers... The wishy-washiness of them all. Like, the writers, the people who vote on this thing, pretend like they're the beacon of morality, Mm -hmm. when I'm sure none of them have done anything questionable in their entire lives, and that every single baseball writer who votes for the Hall of Fame has lived a flawless, perfect, 
uh, life and their mm. moral compass couldn't be any better than it actually is. That's what drives me bananas. Yeah. It's like, stop pretending like, oh, we're, we're, we're the keepers of the game. Like, shut up. Barry Bonds was already a Hall of Famer before his head grew like three sizes in his 30s. (laughs) Roger Clemens was already a Hall of Famer before he stuck his needle in his ass, allegedly in Toronto in the stall of the Rogers Center. Allegedly. Like, A-Rod was a Hall of Famer before he had to live up to the pressure of signing the richest contract in baseball history. Like, those guys are all Hall of Famers. Mm -hmm. And again, like, you can have a museum or whatever. Like, again, Mark McGuire is a Hall of Famer. Like it's just it's so frustrating. Yeah. Joe Mauer definitely Hall of Famer. Yep. Like he's one of the, also like the thing I the other thing I love about Joe Mauer is he's his the, head and shoulders commercials. That <laughs> I love Joe Mauer. He's one of my favorite players growing up. I actually have a Joe Mauer jersey. Yeah, handsome um, gentleman. He is the youngest player ever to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Is he really? Forty. Hmm. Yep. Wow. Yep. Okay. Interesting. And he had to play first base to end his career because his body was like, no more catching nope, for you, but, sir. Uh, the third ever catcher to go in first ballot behind uh, yep. Pudge and Johnny Bench. Yep. Um, yeah. And Adrian Beltre just don't touch his head, but yep. did not like getting his head hitter. touched. Yeah. 3,000 hits. And, and it's not like Adrian Beltre, too. And obviously, uh, Todd Helton, the other uh, guy who got inducted into the Baseball Helton. Hall of Fame uh, yesterday playing for the Rockies, mm-hmm. but against some of those numbers. He didn't have the crazy home Forest run field. numbers like, you know, Larry right. Walker and whatnot, but he, but, he hit. He yeah. hit a lot. Larry Walker is also an MVP. But when yep. it comes to Adrian Beltre, there's something about longevity and consistency that that is greatness. That guy did it for so many years at such hmm. an elite level. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the whole Jordan-LeBron argument, and I'm still a Jordan guy. I'm but, leaning but, towards more but LeBron now I'm because starting, of longevity. That's what I mean. He's dominant at 40. Jordan did nothing for the Wiz when he played the end of his career. Jordan he was also just quit Michael three Jordan. times. Right. <laughs> but like just the way LeBron James is still like one of the best players in the league at this point of his NBA career yep. is incredible. Like LeBron James, he he's going to play for Team USA at the Olympics. Yep. And he's the guy that's like, oh, let's get everybody together to play in the Olympics. Like still at this age in this part of his career. I think he could sign another contract with another team. If he wants to. Well, he wants to play with Bronny. Yeah. I don't know if Bronny's good enough. No, to I don't play think Bronny's right now. He's got to get pick it up a bit. Yeah, but yeah, LeBron uh, looks pretty worried when he's watching USC. He's like, he's, he's like, they're gonna be better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pick this up. <laughs> but again, yeah, he'll go coach USC. But then again, like Giannis has his brother, and what does he bring? Yeah, yeah. he's oh, got the whole you family. Can, there. You can get a little nepotism <laughs> going. Whatever, I'm gonna throw him on the bench. Yeah. It's fine. Thirteenth uh, man, whatever. And, and again, like Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Yes, with his like, there's no question. About that, that he should be in the in the baseball Hall of Fame. It's just that just drives me bananas. It's like, but at the same time, when it comes to the Hockey Hall of Fame, I feel like it's way easier to get into the Hockey Hall of Fame than it is the other big sports. Unless like you're a goalie, fo- yeah. Unless you're a goalie, yeah. But Mike Vernon got it. Um, <laughs> the baseball one's hard. Football's hard. Football's very basketball's hard. Basketball's like eh. basketball will put Chris Bosh in man. Basketball just yeah. will put people that are good for like five years yeah. in. <laughs> they gotta have a good Q rating. Yeah, have a good Q rating. Well, that like Chris Bosch was the first Raptor in history when he had his long dreads, who actually looked like a dinosaur. Yeah, that's true. So that's, yeah, for that reason alone, like Raptor, yeah. he should actually get into the basketball <laughs> hall of fame. But like there a Brontosaurus, you go. that long ass neck. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like I I long ass neck. Long I, ass I thought neck. a stegosaurus. Had a long neck. No, stegosauruses are short guys. Yeah, they, they got, got the they got the the plates on their back. Yeah, they're like, they walk on yeah. all fours. Yeah, okay. no, no. Brontosaurus, they're the right. tall, long neck guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. 
All right. I never realized he looked like a dinosaur until you just said that. No, yeah, I have that Bosch as a dinosaur back in 08. Yeah. No, he looks like Way a dinosaur. Back. Again, he, like <laughs> first so, on the scene. Some, some, takes, some takes that are bang on. Chris Bosch, when he had his long hair, looked like a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And okay. Dylan Brooks actually looks like a cobra. <laughs> he does. <laughs> yeah, thank you. He does. All right. This is what I talk about. These All are the right. things I notice. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, you ready to do some locks of the day? Oh, I got a lock for you. It's a do pretty you? big lock. Yeah, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's do our lock Mine's of the so day. Mine's so good, I stole it from GVP. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, let's do our lock of the day. Brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes. Cut to any size and ready to uh, ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal located at 50th Avenue Southeast. You know where I'm going today? I where? Got, I got burned by the National Hockey League yesterday. Yeah, go to the association. Oh. Although, although I can't wait till uh, Utah gets a team. I'm going to be such a diehard fan. Oof. I'm going to go to the Bundesliga today. Oh, Union and Bayern? Yes, Union Berlin oh, is great. on the road to play Bayern Munich. Uh-huh. Munich with a stunning one nothing loss to Werder Bremen at home over the weekend. I Nobody saw that coming. I couldn't believe Enormous it. Enormous underdog. Newcastle just said, because, no, you're not taking Kieran Trippier from us. Yeah. Because I can't. How dare I, you take Kylan like, Trippier? We should have some sort of parameter because I just can't take Un- I can't take Bayern as just a win because no. they're an overwhelming favorite. Yeah, I'm gonna take, We all know that. I'm going to take Bayern Munich on the Asian handicap. Okay. Bye. My Minus one and a half to win by at least two goals today. All right. Boom. Give me some. I like, I, league I like that we don't have numbers for this because it's not sponsored by a buck. But an Asian handicap <laughs> is where you're going. <laughs> yeah. Like, Minus one and a half. Only in footy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like sure nice, you can look up the odds. A nice niche bet. No, oh. I know. I, I'm not saying. We don't like, need again, to get I don't odd. want it to be like an over. Like, I'm not saying. And taking, I agree. Is that on the road? No, it's at home. Oh, it's at home. Okay. Yeah, that's why. If they, 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 they were going two. to the, the forest style, I would be on Union. Because I, because they really? going into that forest. With their style? form this season, they're not been good. Like Champions League kind of screwed them up. Yeah, yeah. Like they were borderline they getting were, ready to get relegated there at the beginning of the season. I know playing were, Champions League matches and then getting relegated. <laughs> you want to hear more about the Farmers League? That is the Bundesliga. I checked out like two minutes ago. Okay, you guys still going? No, we're good. All right, go ahead. Uh, I got the Jets on the money line. Yeah, you do. They're on the road to take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know what? The Leafs coming home from a five-game Western Conference road trip. That's a bad spot to be in. The Leafs only won two of those five games. One sense. of them was against the Kraken, who also have not been very good over the last couple of weeks. And the other was against the Flames. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, also, yes, like Patty mentioned, yep. Ilya Samsonov getting the start. We'd love that for the Jets' money line. Maybe Shifley and Velarde as well. Maybe. Yep. The Jets are also 14-5-2 on the road this year. They're coming off a loss to the Boston Bruins, where for the first time in 35 games, they gave up more than three goals. I don't know how the Jets are an underdog in this one. I got the Jets on the money line. I like that pick, man. That's on Sportsnet tonight as well. Sportsnet West, enjoy it. 5 o'clock. It's movie night in my house, ah. so I won't be watching it. Okay. Oh, I'll What's be watching. on tap tonight. I'm not sure. I usually get the text in the afternoon. Like, here are the three choices. I'll tell you guys in the morning report what it ended up being tomorrow. How about that? All right. I'll make that promise to you right now. All right. Uh, We're going to go to uh, College Hoops. Uh, The Iron Bowl on basketball court. Auburn and Alabama. Uh, I like the over. (laughs) Don't miss it. In this one. uh, Over uh, 163 and a half. (laughs) Roll Tide. 
Roll Tide. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Auburn and Bama. Love it. Auburn and Bama in, what is this, mid-season NCAA basketball? Hey, hey come, listen. We're getting, getting close. close. Conference uh, tournaments yeah. will be at the in, end, end, of Mar- end of February is when March Madness begins, I guess. Well, right? no, or no, end of March, right? Mid-March. Yeah. Conference tourneys at the end of February. It goes into April. Um, yes. Finals GDP. of March Monday. Madness is in April. Yes. Uh, GDP, what are we doing? Uh, I got a little hoops today. OKC taking on the Spurs. Uh, last time these two teams played, uh, Oklahoma absolutely blew out San Antonio, 123-87 the final. I expect more of the same here. I'm going to take uh, OKC to cover that spread of minus seven. That game's on Sportsnet 1 for you to watch as well. Boom. Home of the NBA. Uh, yes, sir. You know it. Okay, I love it. Um, I just looked up. Make my you know, to make it fair, um, Patrick, mm. I'm not going to go Bayern Munich oh, minus God, one and a half so... because it's too much of a favorite. I'm going to go Bayern Munich um, minus two and a half. Okay. Whoa. Win by three goals wow. against Union Whoa. Berlin. That's a ass. Yeah, because it, it's too much of a favorite. Yeah. The Asian handicap minus one and a half. So I'm going to go Asian handicap Bayern Munich. Minus two and a half against Union Berlin today in the Bundesliga. Oh, the Bundesliga. Can I tell you one of my one of my secret pleasures in life? No. Is waking up early Saturday morning to watch Goal Arena, which is like the red zone for the Bundesliga. I said no. <laughs> no, but I what? Like, I just I'm yeah. gonna tell you about that. Yeah. Again, we're getting texts about the baseball hall of fame. Please stop. It's okay. Pete Rose betting on his own games. Like, if Pete Rose bet on his team to win, that's fine. If he bet against him, that's a problem. Should he have just been given 41 games a la Shane Pinto? I'm yeah, glad that know. Shane made it back for the mom's trip, though. That's good. Yeah. Or if they planned it around that. Uh, do you want to give the breaking news uh, from the uh, world of hockey? Yeah. Uh, this one, we kind of... Well, yeah, no, 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 no. We don't we want don't, to say no. anything. We don't want to say Alex Formanton, who's not playing in Canada anymore or anywhere in the NHL. He's been in the Swiss League, HC Ambria Portia. He's been granted an indefinite leave of absence for personal reasons and has allowed Formanton to return to Canada. Okay. That's now two players that have been granted personal leaves of absence. Yes. Dubé's was not a personal leave of absence. We want to say that. Yeah. It was not. Okay. Uh, again. Let's not connect dots. Let's wait till the facts come out. And uh, I'm sure we will know the five players uh, named who have to surrender themselves to London, Ontario police on this alleged sexual assault, which took place in June of 2018. All right. uh, Not the way we uh, like to uh, end the show. Uh, We like hijinks and stupidity because that's what our show was based upon. But um, off night tonight, Maddie's going to be watching a movie (laughs) with his better half. Uh Uh-huh. Um, you don't Get know steak what... for dinner too. Well, I want to be Matt Rose when I grow up. <laughs> uh, what do you got coming up on the? Uh, what do you got coming up on Mucho Big Show? Well, there's just absolutely a ton happening in the world of sports. Uh, I'm gonna talk to one of the best to do it, uh, Peter Klein. I'll tell hey, you. Hey, I'll tell you one thing, Peter bro. Klein. If you were living my life, you'd be watching a lot less tennis and basketball. Ah, depends on when it's on. Okay. Um, the problem is, it's at the same time as hockey. Like, tennis is so good. Such a hard choice. Tennis is so good. I like to play tennis. No, I like to watch it too, but you know, not a, like like. Do you like how I was watching the Alcaraz match the whole time, and I was dialed in on it? And frankly, then we're no, a show? I don't. Like I knew everything that was going on. Everything. Uh, Patrick's like he broke him. Like yeah, Patrick, I've been watching the whole time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Multitasking, my yeah. man. Yeah. Really good. Multitasking. All right. Great Apple. Job. 
Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever gets your favorite <laughs> podcatcher. Um, what are we doing tomorrow? We got Ross on. Mm-hmm. Ross Bukla. Books. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, top prospects <laughs> game is tonight. Okay. It goes at four thirty because it's Moncton, so it goes at four thirty. Mm, three hours ahead. And uh, also, if you're in town and you want to watch some hockey, one of my favorite events is at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome yes. tonight. It's the Crow Child Classic as Mount Royal plays the UFC Dinos. Uh, go Cougars! Obviously, one of my first broadcasting gigs was between the benches for this game. I am a humongous fan of this game, oh, and I hope. I hope all the university students just have the best time. Yeah, it's one of gonna be one of the best uh one of the best atmospheres you got going here. Yeah. Yeah. Some okay. empty classes tomorrow morning, perhaps. Just okay. gonna throw it out there. All right. Uh Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your favorite podcast. It's because they get banged up, George. They get really wasted mm-hmm. at the game. Uh follow Matty Rose on social media. Rose YYC. Wrong. Jeez. Patrick just Patrick Dumont. Unbelievable. GVP at GVP. <laughs> Follow them all on social media. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.